Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and I'm your host, Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon. James Bond Day. Oh, yeah. James Bond Day. Oh, yeah. In celebration of the new No Time to Die film, we decided to do a couple of the new Daniel Craig films from the last five years, one being No Time to Die and the other being Skyfall, probably the most... I guess you could say well-received other than maybe Casino Royale. Yeah, Casino Royale and, and Skyfall are the two, I think, best-received of of the of the five. And, I mean, obviously Casino Royale has just huge weight upon the following four films, but uh, we decided to go with Skyfall. Yeah, a surprising and- amount. Like, I was not expecting it to come, like, the consequences of that film to come back here. Um and I mean, they really, I, I don't know the other James Bond films really well outside of Daniel Craig, but I've heard that these, these five have a, have a surprising amount of like, uh, they're interrelated to each other a lot more than the other ones are. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. So for this first film, we're going to be talking about Skyfall itself and then, or I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about No Time to Die first and then we're moving on to Skyfall. So... Obviously, we both saw it in theaters. This is a brand new film. Just came out on the 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it had a really, really good opening, as far as I know. Um, I did not check on the box office numbers, actually. I'm, I'm pretty sure it did. Uh, overseas, it was for sure doing super well. But it also released... Um, in, but it released overseas week. earlier. Yep. So, um, I do not know what the, what the numbers were. I'll check on that. I could have swore it was pretty decent. I don't know if it's... To where they wanted it to be, because I know they almost wanted like a billion dollars uh, to be reached for this film, because apparently it just cost uh, just so much money to make, and then being delayed as long as it was, because it was delayed almost like what a year and a half from its original date. Yeah, it was a long time. They were playing trailers for this in 2019, so that yeah. rarely happens. So I mean, there's a lot of movies. Though the new Ghostbusters is going to be is in that same boat, and same with Top Gun Maverick. And uh, but we're about to get all these great films that have been delayed. So I'm, so I'm hyped. It looks but. like No Time to Die was not did not fare super great in the North American box office. At least that's what these headlines are saying. Um, Do we have any sort of figures the f- in total? Like yeah, what I'm, I'm in? looking. It, so 56 million at the at the box office over the weekend. So it got beat by Venom. Yeah. But, but internationally, that's not terrible though. Like I, I mean, for I, it's not terrible for COVID times. Yeah. Um, Venom was a Venom was the highest grossing opening weekend since the pandemic. So Venom was absolutely massive. Um, and I'm I'm genuinely completely surprised that Venom grossed almost twice as much as James Bond did. Like that's that just I I don't. That's kind of crazy to me, actually. I feel like Venom has a broader market, and that's why. I don't think so. Like I did not think like. Venom's not nearly as long of established as a as a box office yeah. uh, reliability as James Bond is. Like the past couple James Bond movies have have fared, I think, better than than that. And and well, I mean, the, and the, additionally, Venom two grossed like more than the original Venom did during COVID. So it's just a weird. The box office just during COVID is just completely unpredictable. Honestly, at this point, like there's nothing really. There's all the all the pre-established like ideas are throwing out the window. Yeah. Though I, I just think Venom just has that broader appeal because you can take your family to it. Obviously, they kept it PG-13 so it could do that, so it could reach that younger audience. And, you know, a lot of people are still really into superhero movies. Yeah, but of, Venom's just, like, yeah. it's so weird, though. Like, it's not, like, it's I know. so it's, wacky. It's, it's kind of a little bit of an offshoot, but 
But for James Bond, it just seems like, it's, like yeah, it's very those are always it's very, like Venom is very offbeat, and that's where it, that's where its its strengths lie is in how offbeat it is. But to me, offbeat doesn't usually speak to uh, mass appeal. But I think it's like, because I'm, people what, wanted a fun movie they can just tend to turn their brain off to. That's why Hobbs and Shaw did so well. That's why all these other movies do so well. It's because they just they don't want to go into it like they're not looking for this big theatrical like super deep piece. They're just going into it for fun. With James Bond, I feel like that's more meant for like, obviously the this this ex- audience of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't take your kid to a James Bond movie, really. I mean, you the kid wouldn't wouldn't really either have the attention span for it or just know what's going no, on. Yeah, it just kind of goes over somebody who's pretty young's head. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, but but I think this new movie was decent. I I think my general thoughts on it: it's the worst of the five Daniel Craig's, but still, I love all five Daniel Craig James Bond movies and. Just like how I like all seven of the Sean Connery James Bond movies. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, all six. I have not seen several of the James Bond movies and of the Daniel Craig J- Bonds in a while. I would say this is probably my second favorite of the five, almost. Like this, really? this, and this and Casino Royale are probably tied for second. Hmm. I, and then Quantum of Solace and Spectre. I haven't seen either in forever, but I don't remember liking them all that much. I really liked Spectre uh, for numerous reasons. And that, I, would, I, th- I think that for me, that's this movie's No Time to Die's biggest fault is that it ties itself so heavily to Spectre. And I hadn't seen Spectre in forever. So like what it, what it does with um, uh, Leia Seydoux's character, what's her name? Uh, Madeline. So what it does with her, I loved all that stuff. What it does with Blofeld, on the other hand, <laughs> I was like... It's it almost they almost false advertised like they right, made it seem like he was going to be the way, way his involvement is just like it's like it's both too much and not enough at the same time like yeah, they did I would like agree. they're right in the middle it's like they they could have just hinted at it and they could have like because that's what she's tied to him I don't remember how but she's somehow like part of his thing in the in the previous movie and so you got to like at least acknowledge that he exists he's he's, he's um, like his foster brother. He's James Bond's foster brother? No, no, no. I'm so, sorry. I'm talking about Madeline. He's oh, tied He's yeah. tied to Madeline. And so, like, he... Yeah, so, that plays in. But then, like, they, he he just... I feel like it plays a little bit too much of a role in kind of what's going on in this movie because he kind of comes in and it's just a whole... Yeah. And that's just, a, and for, a lot I mean, of people in this room. Like, Christoph Waltz, Ana de Armas, um, Billy Magnuson, and Jeffrey Wright all kind of show up for, like, 10-minute sections of the movie and then quickly, promptly exit. But Jeffrey Wright... If I'm not mistaken, that's Felix, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he has had a role to play in most of the James Bond movies. He was mentioned in Spectre, and he kind of has a role in that. But he, so he he. I forgot he was even in the other ones. Well, I showed, in, I saw him, and I thought that he was just something. He was, they were just like reintroducing. He's huge in Casino Royale. Yeah. And he kind of is a recurring character throughout all five of these. He's meant. I don't know if he's in Spectre, but I know he's mentioned. And in this one, then he kind of comes in. He kind of has his own arc going on in the background. Yeah. And I've re- well, I really appreciate what they did with him because he's an awesome actor. And I think he plays an American CIA agent really well. And I don't know. I, I liked how they used him and, and, and the role he played in this new one. Um, if we, I think what we should do is get in a little bit of the story of this, not with any spoilers, because obviously, people yeah, I mean, it's just this. it's James Bond. Like you kind of know what you're getting, and in terms of in terms of like the 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 general overall, there's going to be a, a megalomaniacal bad guy who's going to try to do something bad to kill a lot of people, and then James Bond's going to ride in fast cars um, without Aston without, Martins and occasionally a Lotus or a BMW. Yes, 
So, like, without spoilers, but, like, with spoilers, there's a lot of interesting things that I think this movie does in terms of its story. Um, but, like, the basic construction of what's going on is it's pretty typical for Bond. Yeah. So, I'll just, I'll just like, do a I, really brief synopsis Yeah, here. sure. No, no, so, still go ahead. Yeah. Uh, pretty much there's, it's, it's just a manhunt. It's a multi-stage manhunt. So, there is a scientist who is kidnapped, and he kind of knows the inner workings of this new um, nanovirus... Or, na or nanobot virus thing. Yeah. And it's called uh, Project Heracles. And so they're trying to track this guy down, figure out what's going on with him, what's his deal, who's kind of, who is he working for, and, uh, and what is Project Her Heracles. I, isn't, is that just a British way of saying Hercules? Heracles? Yeah. Uh, I feel like it might be like... A <laughs> A Jaguar or like a Garage sort of or sort yeah. of deal where it's just well, a different it's, it's weird like, pronunciation. I, think, I don't think it's British. I think it's like somewhere else in that where it's I mean, just I, also called. I've that. heard somebody say like it's somebody described it as just Project Hercules, but they always say Heracles in it. So I think Heracles I mean, is just the like direct that, Greek way you'd say that. Yeah. So regardless, so yeah, there's just this virus going, uh, and they're trying to stop it from spreading and and stopping whoever's about to do something really bad with it. Because as of right now, there's nothing super bad that the guy has done with it, but it's more to stop plans for the future. Um, and meanwhile, you're also dealing with James Bond and Madeline's uh, relationship and what's been going on with that in the last few years. And there's a big time jump, and it just kind of picks up after the time jump. And yeah. and after James Bond kind of has a brief, you know, brief stint of not being a MI6 agent. I mean, again, like he kind of did that in Skyfall True. for a while, and then he kind of well, does it again, but this time he really is out yeah. of it. And I, I thought that that opening 20-minute stretch was incredible. Like I like uh, just a fantastic open, and then you get the Billie Eilish credits and everything, which are not the best Bond opening I've ever seen. Um, but it still is like the it's kind of like it's a nice transition moment. But like the the opening twenty minutes are like almost their own great individual short film. Like they've got there's the the connection between like because it's not it's connected to what comes after, but it it almost stands by itself because you got that great opening with Madeline and her thing. So she gets. There's oh, yeah, the, you see her the, origins. Just the imagery of what's going on there and how they connect those. So she's underneath the the ice and like banging up on the thing. And then the masked guy shoots a whole bunch of bullets in that and like into like you see the bullets slowly penetrate the ice one after the other until there it's enough to break through. Mm -hmm. And then later, when her and James Bond are running through and they're running away from the James Bond's got this bulletproof car with bulletproof glass. And so the bad guy comes up to it and starts shooting one after the other. Bang, 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 bang. So eventually the glass itself is like being like eventually going to break the same way that the ice did. And like they, they, the way he, he uh, directed by um, Carrie, I don't know how he pronounce his name, Carrie Joy, Carrie, oh, Carrie Joji Fukunaga, um, who directed the, um, the miniseries called, um, what was it? I watched part of it. I didn't finish it though. It's called, oh, Maniac, Maniac. Um, which I thought it was decent. I just never finished it. Mm -hmm. Um, but he like I just I just loved that and and the whole relationship between uh, James Bond and Madeline is like I mean for because for me I hadn't seen I don't I didn't remember their relationship from Spectre but I I bought into their relationship because of this opening sequence um, and that's gonna set up the rest of the film as well yeah um, so I like I, I was like okay James Bond he's gonna he needs to settle down he needs to kind of move away from this. Um, 
this sensual man like womanizing character that he's had previously. I um, don't know then, if he's if I would call James Bond womanizing necessarily. Like he's never been like that bad. I just think it's always been a character trait that he's just, you know, su- super appealing to women and that it just, you know, he can always pick up chicks really fast, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a yeah, womanizer. Sure. I well, feel sure. like, I mean, it's, yeah. However you want to find it, however you want to define it, the way that, he's, he's, the way that yeah, he's acted he's in the previous down. films, yeah. he's changing his ways. Though he tried to settle down with Vesper, who I always thought her name was right, Vespa. Right. Again, like, so, like yeah, the, so that's, like why, the, that's how Casino Royale plays into it, because you've got his relationship with her, and that I, I did remember that. Because <laughs> I think Casino Royale is just a more memorable, more memorable film than, than Spectre is. But you got so he tried to do that previously, and he's kind of burned in that way, so you see that kind of like come back around, and then the grave is specifically where the, the action, ta- the, her grave, Vespa, Vesper's grave, is where the action takes off from there. So it's kind yeah. of like this, this idea of the two parts of his past kind of like reflecting on him and how he has to grapple with uh, different types of betrayal, really. Yeah, and I feel like every movie, they always bring up uh, bring up Vesper, and I, I was like, I just never 100% bought like how head over heels they were for each other, like almost instantly, and I felt like- Even Vesper? Yeah. Yeah, because- I, I, I bought his relationship with Madeline more than I ever did with Vesper, honestly. I don't know about that. I, I don't really buy either of them, but it just seemed like, gosh, you guys, like, for, for putting so much weight into that for over five films or four films that came after it, like, I just felt like they never established them yeah. enough. It was really, it almost felt rushed. Well, and it's like, why is he just so in love with this woman? But yeah, well, you want you want to talk about the opening and, and spoilers when she gets on that train. <laughs> it was I, I don't know if this is heavy handed or not, but like what she does when she gets on the train, I was like, oh, OK, so I know it's going to happen an hour from now. <laughs> like it was just so obvious, which but it, I mean, but at the same time, it really like it's it's it was more evocative than it was obvious. Like, I think I just picked up on it, but I, I do think that's a great that was a great way to I, I can't I don't really want to say it a spoiler, but that was a great way to cap off that opening sequence with what, what she does there. Because I, I, I do think it is subtle enough, but I was just like, oh, okay, I yeah. get it. I also want to say, I think I, I really like Billie Eilish as uh, an artist, and I'm not really into like pop stars and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, I just really like I thought, her style. I thought her newest album was a lot less interesting than her first one. When We Fall Asleep, Where, we go, where Do We Go is just interesting musically, not so much lyrically. I don't love it. And then the, her, her latest album was just not interesting lyrically or musically, honestly. I, I really like her style. I really like that. I just don't think this was like the best intro Bond song ever. No. I definitely like, think Skyfall. This to, compare this to Adele. It's not even... But I, I'd i say the Radiohead one from Spectre is probably the best. Radi- I don't remember Radiohead doing a Bond song. <laughs> yeah, they did. And it kind of went under the radar, but I've, I've, I've heard many analysis of it that are... I break it down like why it is so good and I listen to Once it. Once more shows how much I I mean I didn't I wasn't into Radiohead when I listened when I saw Spectre either. All, so all I'm saying is you should listen to it because I think that'll change your mind. But I, I think Skyfall's better than this and it's way catchier and that's the best thing about um James Bond intro songs. Like if you go back to Goldfinger, Shirley Bassey, I think, did that one. And I mean, that's such a good song too. I mean, that's one of the most memorable, if not the most memorable James Bond song. Yeah, I'm not really a Bond aficionado, so I couldn't tell you. I think it is Shirley Bassey. I might be mispronouncing the last name. I'm I'm trying to go off memory here. I don't have a computer in front of me for that. But uh, uh, but anyways, I still I still didn't dislike the intro song. I just think it could have been better. Like 
somebody described the the Billie Eilish one as like mumbling her way through it. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> just her style, like, though. I know. Like, that's just the way she sings. Yeah, but it just was kind of funny when I heard that because I was like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right because I can't remember a single lyric from from that song. <laughs> but uh, do we want to start getting into the scores here, Gid? Sure. All right, what do we got uh, for first category? First impression is our first category. I liked it. I do not dislike any of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies at all. Um, I thought that I would some agree of, with that. I just I I would just say some of them aren't as memorable. Like I yeah. just literally don't I don't dislike them. I just don't remember them enough to dislike or like them. I I think there are always. I mean, in a series where there are just everything's great. Like out of these five, it's it's just like the original six Star Wars. All of those are great. Just some are better than others. You know, wherever somebody's opinions lie with that, whatever. But for me, this was out of those five is ranked on the bottom of that list. Now, the, not because of any lack of decent action or anything like that. I felt like there were some characters that really irked me, that really kind of annoyed me. Who specifically? Billy Magnuson? No, new, new, or maybe I don't know if you're talking. If you're talking the actor's name, I, I can't tell you. Yeah, the actor is Billy Nick The Mason. new, I don't remember new what 007 just was oh. way, too, way too narcissistic. No, I liked her. Way too narcissistic. No, way Billy Magnuson is the is the other CIA dude that turns out to be working for the... No, no, no. He was fine. No, uh, it... Uh, and and here's, the fun, here's the funny thing. This this movie might have my favorite Bond. Roshana Lynch is the actress's name. Her real name is Nomi. I, I yeah. really liked her. I thought she was she's extremely not narcissistic. narcissistic. No, yeah, she's she is. not. That's James Bond projecting onto her, I feel like, in no. a lot of ways. She's just she trying to posture no, and be, I'm better than you in every no, way. Well, I mean, that's kind of what she's doing, but eventually she says to James Bond, like, she talks to, to Emmons, like, no, he can have the title. She gives it back to him, so she's making that decision. Yeah, because so she's she finds, definitely not but, being narcissistic. But, well, here's the thing, though. She doesn't respect him at all at the beginning of this movie when there's nothing... Well, that's, that, she's but James just Bond to doesn't, character, though. It... She was written really annoyingly to me. Like that's that was my big problem with this. Like I wish this movie didn't have her in it, just because it's like she's meant to her, her come in and she and she's just to challenge she's, Bond's like ego almost. He's retired for God's sake. Why is she bragging to him? He is probably the most decora decorated double O in the history of MI6. He's he's. A commander. Yeah. He's he's awesome. He's he's saved the world countless times. Why does she think? Why does she start off at thinking she's so much better than him immediately? She starts out with a I brag right to him, saying, her. "I got you know, I I'm only been in this a couple of years, and I'm where you are." Like oh, that was one of her first yeah. brags to him, and then she's then they're consistently butting heads in MI6, and it's just annoying. And I'm like. Well, I mean, I can understand everybody else here respects him. Part, why don't but... you? Why don't you realize that this is like. One of the best, if not the best person uh, for, for doing this job in this whole building. You know, yeah, he's unorthodox, but it's freaking James Bond. She's just so, so annoying. Yeah, eventually in the movie, she starts to actually show him some respect and treat him like an equal. But right, for the yeah, entire so time, she's the... trying to high road him for no reason for the fir whole first half of that movie when they're interacting. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. But in, just in terms of like what her character's function is, like she's there to like challenge James Bond's like ego after coming back into the game but like it's not really I, I, I don't know I didn't that was not my favorite part of the movie I did not find her annoying I, I just kind of found like because th she's not actively antagonistic towards him I don't think I think they just have like a they just have a repartee that's just that's just more uh, 
it's it's like that subtle British humor where it's like they're not like outward like they're not completely showing outwardly like all their emotion, but they're just kind of like taking subtle digs at each other all the way throughout. And I found that comical. He wasn't taking. I don't know. I can't think of any digs he took at her. She just automatically out the gate just has like an issue with them. And I think that's a, a little bit like. Um, social politics kind of leaking into it, to be totally honest. I really do think that that was what they were trying to do, is just kind of like, be like, yeah, James Bond doesn't represent us anymore, and this is our new kind of style. And and I was just like, just get out. Like, I don't care. Just, I don't even need her in this. James Bond is cool. He's the reason I'm here. And I feel like they probably had her in this movie more before they started editing it over the period of COVID while it was being delayed. And I feel like they realized that people weren't connecting with her as much as they had originally suspected people would. And then they kind of toned her back and they made James Bond a much more solid main character. But at the same time, I feel like this movie has yeah. a perfect female well, character. Yeah, with Ana de Armas. I love her the CIA so much. lady from yes. in Cuba. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Um, yeah, Why she's, not go with uh, she, her? Yes, I love her. So, I do love her so much more than she the other She might be the character. best part of that whole movie. No, I agree. Because when she shows up, well, part of, okay, so it, when she shows up, immediately my brain said, Oh my gosh, it's Marta and Benoit Blanc from Knives Out. It's Marta and Benoit Blanc in my brain because their chemistry... Oh, she, she's in Knives I didn't know. Yeah, so I haven't she, watched Knives so Out. So Benoit Blanc is Daniel Craig's character and he's the detective. <laughs> um, oh, and, that's funny. And Ana de Armas is the, is the main character who's the, who's the girl who ends up uh, uh, challenging the, the multi-million dollar family and stuff. That's so funny. So, I didn't so realize she, they so had already been I in a movie together. I love both of them and their chemistry in Knives Out is so amazing. And so when they both show up in this movie and I'm like, oh my God, Gosh, it's because their chemistry it totally carries over, but they're two different characters at the same time. Um, yeah, I absolutely like when she came on screen, I was giddy. She's amazing. Yeah. So so here's here's the thing. There's the perfect yeah. written female character no, I, versus I think one of the worst written female characters. Well, and how do you do I don't, that? I don't think she's that terrible, but I do think she's given like <laughs> I think in terms of screen time, I would I would have liked to see more from Ana de Armas and less from Lashana Lynch. That's not. I do not dislike her as much as you do, but I do think, like, just proportionally in terms of like how much they're on screen to how much I enjoyed them being on screen, I would definitely take on more of Ana yeah. de Armas. I and I, th I honestly, I was so, I was like, that's my favorite Bond girl right now. Like, she's not even like she's not a, even a Bond, Bond girl, girl who yeah. dates him or anything, but a, a girl that has a substantial role in any Bond film, you could say, is a Bond girl. And if that's how we're judging this, she's my favorite by far. Like I'm like I, I'm shipping her and Bond together for sure. Like that'd be my my dream team right there. And they're fun and they just seem to have this charisma. Well, and that whole Cuba scene might be the one of the best ones in the film as well. Yeah, it was fun and the action was cool. And well, just, we, haven't, we haven't even talked about how well this is photographed either. Like oh my we don't God. get well, we don't all the get, James Bonds are always great. The the whole I mean run it, doesn't, of the, it doesn't compare to Skyfall because Skyfall was shot by Roger Deakins. So obviously it's going to be the best looking of them all. And we'll get to that later. Um, but just in terms of like this film, compare this to the blockbusters that have been out in the past couple and just in 2021. I mean, like it's just is great to see a, a movie that looks like this. Yeah. Um, oh, it's beautiful. I mean, like I, I on really location sets, real cars, crushed blacks, like decent visual effects. I mean, not the best, but like like competent visual effects. Like it's just all. I mean, they're they're. I don't. I don't. That's kind of 
I don't I mean, mean they, to bash visual effects. I don't really know what I'm talking about. A lot of it is really well done practical effects too. Like, right. yeah. I mean, I'm, that, just, I'm, I'm trying the, to. I just think boat, that there's this one awesome. scene where I'm thinking of where I was like, I'm not a huge fan. Of, like, I, I the, it's one. It's a nitpicky. The visual effects were fine. But yeah, so first impression, I really liked it overall. But again, it, I just wish they hadn't included the new 007 or or made her so antagonistic or just yeah. I mean, antagonist. Not that she's no, the bad I, guy, I, but I antagonistic under, towards I understand what you're him. I understand what you're saying. To, yeah, and it just doesn't make sense because it's not earned. Like if he does something wrong and then she's angry at him, okay. I but, agree with that. I feel like they there should have been a better like. Because because that's her character function, but I feel like if James Bond had done something differently that would have made her, like, be, like, created that relationship, yeah. it would have been more believable. Because I do, I do like what she's doing in terms of how the relationship yeah. plays out after that, but if she had met him and then he does something more substantial that creates that, that sort of tense dynamic, I do agree that would have yeah. been. Because she comes off petty. I mean, she really does. Like, she's just... In some ways, it, it, She insults yes. him and, yeah, and then, like, tries to trick him and then baits him into coming back to the... To, to MI6, but then at the same time also resents him for it and kind of gives him crap for doing it. And like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, I, it's not earned. And, and I think honestly, the way that they wrote her character, she was just, she deep down is actually jealous because she's still well, in his shadow. I think, and I think, and she's insecure of about it. Of the character, I think the worst written character is, is the villain from Rami Malik. I, I think he's I, just, I, he was well written. He just didn't get the screen time he needed to well, be fleshed I, I, out. His, I mean, <laughs> Bond villains, I suppose, are supposed to be megalomaniacal and cheesy in some ways, and like, but he just does not he, like, compare this to. Well, we're going to talk about Skyfall. I just don't think he, or even Casino Royale, probably has a, the best villain of, Mads of the three. Yeah, with Mads Mickelson. But I mean, he's. The, I don't think Rami Malek can compare to Mads Mickelson or Anton Sugar, not Anton Sugar, <laughs> Javier Bardem. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to delay our first impression no, story right. so long. Um, I think I would give it an eight. Like other Bond films of the Daniel Craig era, like Quantum of Solace and, and Casino Royale would be like nines. And then, you know, then, uh, Spectre and, 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 and Skyfall would be like, ten, it would be like the 10 for me, kind of like if that's where it would be. So yeah, this would get an eight for me. Um, I gave this a six. Six? Okay. Yeah. I'm, so I, 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 I enjoyed it pretty much uh, thoroughly. There's just, um, like, again, the villain was not the greatest. Um, and now I'm, now I'm thinking, what do I really dislike about this movie? Why is this not a seven? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I There's just, like, some... It's not that it's over long, because I did enjoy just kind of, like, sitting with the character and, and, and seeing him being sent off uh, in terms of it being the conclusion of him. I just gave it a six initially when I walked out of the theater, but I'm now starting to think that I might be tending towards a seven. Yeah, I mean, um, you haven't really said that there's too much that you disliked about it. You no, said it was your just, second favorite of these five. Well, yeah, I'm, so. but again, I didn't give any of the others more than a seven, I don't think, other than Casino Royale, maybe. Mm. Um... Yeah, it's just not. It's not, it doesn't feel special to me in any any real way, and it's also like very slightly flawed, which is where like a seven would be. Mm. Like I said before, an eight for me is a perfect movie, um, kind okay. of that idea. So it's like it's not like a seven is like great almost level for me. All right. So I think I'll stick with a six. All right. Uh, Again, scores. I don't. I don't like giving scores really, but. <laughs> 
I love it. That's how I do everything in my mind. It's like always have to score it or rank it. Uh, next category. Uh, story. Story-wise, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was cool. I almost felt like the way that they wrote the action scene where they abduct the scientists seemed very Dark Knight e to me, like almost like a Chris Nolan. Which which scene? When they break into the MI6 lab. Oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I mean, didn't that feel like it was like a deleted scene from a Chris Nolan film of some sort? <laughs> like, yeah. That was, that was kind of cool, and uh, I don't know. I... I, I liked the intro a lot, like you were saying. I really thought the stuff with young Madeline was cool. Um, I just, yeah, I didn't like the new 007, but other than that, I, I enjoyed the rest of the film. I thought Cuba was fantastic. So, I don't know. I would give this, I mean, yeah, I had some issues with it. it again, it's not my favorite. So, I would, I would say a seven, but I don't think anything was so bad that, like, I had a real issue with it where it's like, why didn't they do this? Or, you know, there wasn't any major plot holes, I guess. I just would have cut a character. Yeah, I think I'll the story for this is like a seven or eight. Um, again, it's nothing, it's nothing extraordinarily mind blowing, but it's, it's, it's more than competent. Um, I, I absolutely loved this in terms of a send off for the Daniel Craig Bond. Um, and in terms of like just fleshing out his character from what it had been in previous films into like where he is at at this stage in his life, um, just some of the choices they make in terms of challenging his character towards the end, especially um, like making him like this is we were talking about Marvel movies before the show, but like just in terms of making him make real decisions that have real consequences. Um, that have like like and you know just like this is just the way it is, and it's able to do that because it's the last. Uh, they know it's the last Bond movie for him. Um, so just in terms of like making him, and, and they, they've, they've, they've done this. I mean, obviously in Casino Royale with Vesper dying, like that's a that's a consequence that's impacted him until now. But I mean, there's other things in this film that that are, are like that. And it's just like real story decisions that you're seeing. It's just like, this feels like something that should be the should be the norm, but it's like almost ecstatic when you actually see it happen. Yeah. Um, seven for me for story. Okay. Next category. Acting. Hmm. You know what's funny? If we still had that sound effect for for acting, I feel acting. like it would. Yeah, I feel like it would actually take away from from how serious this movie is if we're using that in front of this. But um, I. Oh man, that's tough. Daniel Craig always fantastic. I thought Mallory was good. I thought. Christoph Waltz always fantastic. He does he does great in everything. I I don't think he's ever had a bad movie, honestly. Um, Rami Malek was good for when they had him in this. Sorry, I mean, I, not a I, super big spoiler, but if you're expecting to see a ton of him in this movie, I, sorry, I'm but, not. The more I think about Rami Malek, the more I think I can't really think of a performance of his that I love. Like he was not that good in the little things. I don't think he deserved the Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody. This I don't think he's that like he's nothing special here. What about Night my, at the my, Museum? He plays the mummy. I was literally <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I was my next thing that I was gonna say is, but I think Light at the Museum might be his best performance. <laughs> I'm not not joking. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. 
Yeah. And, and like, unironically, I think that might be my favorite role of his. I haven't seen Mr. Robot, and I hear that he's good in that, but like... Oh, yeah, he is in that, isn't he? Yeah, wow. that's like his, his I thing. Bet, I bet if you watch that, you would like it. I, I've seen bits and pieces, and I was not disappointed with whatever he was doing, but I didn't see enough of the cohesive story to know what yeah, was Yeah, so I'm not going to say he's a bad actor or anything. I'm just saying I haven't seen any roles of his that I've particularly loved. I thought he did all right in this, though. I think he did what he needed to do. Um... And I, I feel like maybe there was more to his character, and I feel like they might have cut a ton of it out for time because they were like, oh, gosh, it's already go like two two hours and 45 minutes. Like, let's... I mean, it's just not really about him. Like, it's yeah. about... It's it's much more... It's not... It's and honestly, the there search. aren't that many... There aren't that many action scenes in this one either. Like, they're, they're, they're peppered in throughout, but a lot of this is just character moments for, for, for Bond. Um, and, I, and I loved it for that in a lot of ways. Um... But towards the end, when he starts to need to be like a more driving force, because he hasn't really been uh, set up as much throughout the film, that when that end becomes more action oriented, um, you just and you just don't have a, as much of a connection to him. I don't think it functioned as well as it could have. Yeah. Um. I, these are these are getting more into my negatives. I think as to why I gave this a six earlier. Um. But again, there's other parts of the ending that are so great. Yeah. Um. That I that I that I love. I just he's just not one of them. I think I'm gonna give an eight. I, I don't think anybody was super incredible. Like uh, Dame Judi Dench is so good in the other uh, Bond films. Like she's awesome, but like her absence is just her absence is kind of felt. But at the same time, it's just I don't think anybody was yeah, stand I, out I, like I, amazing. I, Ray, like Ray Fiennes is a great actor, um, but I don't think he has as much weight here as as Judi Dench does yeah. in the previous films. Honestly, my favorite I think my favorite person who's been acting in these movies for the last few uh, is Q. I really, Dude, really yeah. like Q. I, I like him too. He's a lot. my favorite Q of all of the James Bond films. He's definitely got so much personality to him, and like it seems yeah. like you could almost do a movie about him, like this modern iteration of Q. Like I want to see that movie. Like, I want to see Q out there. Just actually watch in Paddington. The field. No, thank you. He plays I, Paddington. I know he does. And Cinema Wins was bringing that up. I'm like, I don't need to hear that. You know, Paddington like, is stop. one of my favorite movies. I know it is, and I don't understand Actually, why. I like, but well, I, Paddington Two, I like more. Paddington Two is absolutely incredible, like <laughs> legit one of the greatest movies of the last five years. James Bond meets Paddington, it's dude. Buddy Cop. I don't even care. It's, Make that it's crossover. A, it's a buddy Cop. Just do it. I do not care. It would be amazing. Paddington's dating like a Bond girl. <laughs> No, okay. Let's let's not make the worst parody Paddington's of all time. eternal goodness let's, rec let's uh, kind of uh, crossed over with James Bond's no. semi-antihero no, 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 nature, no, no. and they have to come together to defeat some sort of Hugh Grant-esque. No, uh, no, no. You, you have Paddington in one of the cells with Blofeld, and then he like gets wheeled out, and that's how they introduce him into the movie. Is he's like in that cell <laughs> as it's moving? <laughs> like, you're like he got, what did he, got, he do? <laughs> he got locked up again for uh, instead of what did he do in? I, I remember I, there's this. I mean, it's funny you mention that because there's this great prison sequence in oh, Paddington God. too, where they where no, he gets locked not. up, and then he changes the prison from the inside out making all the prisoners into good people because yeah, he's so but, amazing but like, oh I love that scene like that's the best honestly the prison sequence in Paddington 2 oh may be the best scene in I'm Unironically, best scene in the past five years oh like my that's God. and because that's my favorite part of that movie is when he goes to prison um, are you five like what's is, no come on man what is it you're talking about like a, a, a g-rated movie for that oh my god what are we doing here no let's not let's stop talking about Paddington please Get I'll in. talk about Paddington for the uh, rest of my yeah. life because it's 
Okay. Lovable and amazing. Save it for a bonus episode. Uh, yeah, so acting, I would give it an eight. I don't think anybody was super standout other than maybe Q, but everybody did what they were supposed to do. Nobody was bad. Eight. Um, I'll give this a seven. Like, again, it's just everyone. Uh, Daniel Craig always has brought it as Bond. Um, Under the Armist is probably the second best performance in the film, but um, Leia Sidhu's performance as Madeline also um, lended like a lot of uh, empathy for her relationship with Bond specifically. Um, that without her, I don't think the movie works at all. Because if you, I, I don't, I think if you don't buy into that relationship, the movie doesn't work. At least for and me, it doesn't. Because that's yeah. my favorite part of the movie yeah. is their relationship. Um, my favorite part is anything with the cars. <laughs> that's my favorite part about <laughs> yes. any James Bond film, dude. Like Aston Martins are my absolute favorites. And then also James Bond has also had like my favorite Jaguar ever, my favorite BMW ever. Like that series literally is just my like has my checklist of like the greatest cars of all time. Yeah. Um, look and feel, next category. Fantastic. I, I have no issues with that. James Bond always brings it with look and feel. Sound is sound design, uh music. Always brings you to cool locations. Everything's always fantastic about James yeah. Bond, and that's been through series like throughout the entire series, other than maybe like some of the late '90s ones, which are just like really weird, or, or or '80s ones. I'm trying to think of some of them. Like one of them has Christopher Walken in it. Like they're they're weird, but especially but definitely the Sean Connery, Daniel Craig ones, fantastic, all the way through. I will give Look and Feel for this a ten out of ten. Yeah, down the line, this is this is just excellent stuff. Um, it's not doing anything like particularly mind blowing in terms of uh, of camera work. Um, like I, again, like I said, Roger Deakins just is on this. Like it's it's not to the magic level. Um, it's it's below that, but it's 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 at a it's above a competent level. It's somewhere in between there, where it's just like, man, I love seeing movies that look like this because they don't do it that often anymore. Um, I'll give this an eight for look and feel. Okay. And then, I mean, and James Bond's theme is just always like, you know. Yeah, you that, that big band style <laughs> theme is just awesome <laughs> and it's classic. and <laughs> Like, it's just, you hear that and you're just like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I actually looked up uh, Fleming, like Ian Fleming, uh, when he passed away. And it was like, he might have seen like one James Bond movie in his life and that was it. And then he died and then like the entirety of the remaining James Bond movies are made like after. It's crazy. Like, I, I wonder what he would think of some of these movies, like, as they were made uh, right. beyond his lifetime. Final category is effect. He also made Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, by the way. Who did? The same guy who wrote James Bond. Ian Fleming? Yeah. That's weird. Isn't it? <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, by that's the way. That's, like, the second most notable like thing he's ever done. That's, like, my childhood right there, man. Yeah, so... Uh, I watched that like all the time when I was a kid. Effect, I, I didn't leave the film disappointed. I kind of am hoping they... They do a like like take this opportunity to really do a cool new James Bond actor now. Um, Andrus Elba. No, uh, I'm thinking more like uh, who's the guy who plays the young Magneto? What's his name? Uh, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. So the guy who was running the board here just before this, he brought that up. I'm like, that would be my second choice. My first choice would be Theo James. Mm. And I, I, Idris Elba is what I want. <laughs> I, I don't think he's got it in him to to do it, but I don't know. Uh, but I left this not not disappointed. I thought it was cool. I thought the ending made sense. I was I was overall very pleased with it. Probably another eight for this. Yeah, I'm gonna say eight as well. I, it's just a good theater experience. Um, you got yeah. action. You got heart. Even which which heart is not. I don't think necessarily what you'd use to describe James Bond often. It's like a. It's 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 more like a a suave 
coolness and even with Casino Royale where it's got a, a, an interesting emotional core and Skyfall 2 um, I wouldn't describe that emotional core as heart I think it applies here almost though which is just a little bit surprising to me so 8 is my score for experience yeah. So we'll, also, I just want to say this movie paces itself really well. Yeah, for being two hours and forty five minutes, it's it, it feels it like it's a well. regular, normal like. Yeah, it, it no, goes I, by. I agree with that. You do, you're like not. It never drags. It it keeps you entertained the entire time. And I, was, I wouldn't say it's well, like my, I wouldn't say it's a rip roarious like start to finish bang bang like but, Mission Impossible Fallout was. Well, but, it finished, and I'm like, that was three hours. I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, I I, was I, I I wouldn't agree with that. So much. I would. There were moments where I was like, okay, get to the next scene. But I, again, the the character moments are 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 good enough to make me not really care. All right. All right so we'll get to scores when we come back from the break. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. Gideon and I just reviewed No Time to Die, the new James Bond film. Uh, we're about to give our final score here and then get into Skyfall. The What year did that come out? 2017? No. Skyfall? Yeah, no. 2012. 2012, my bad. The 2012 James Bond movie. Uh, so what's our score for No Time to Die? No Time to Die stores a 77 out of 100. Uh, which puts it at the same level as Casablanca and Searching. I think that's which, actually the most fitting score we could have possibly given it just because of 007. <laughs> it ends up with this double seven. Well, we, Casablanca, obviously a much better movie, but Oof. the the bit at the uh, on the train sequence at the end of the opening 20 minutes, uh, I was like, oh, I get Casablanca vibes from this because she's leaving on a train. Da, 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 da. And Inspector, do you get more... Um, <laughs> More uh, North by Northwest vibes. <laughs> I do not remember what happened, Inspector, oh, but I can surmise dude, what you're well, trying to say. <laughs> oh, if you all, well, it has to do with the the ending symbolism of of North by Northwest. No, I know. I, and, I, yeah. I, you didn't have to say that. I knew what you were referring to. Okay. Well, anyways, it was just a bad joke here. But uh, now we're going into Skyfall 2012. I I forgot that that came out then, so I think I actually might have watched this with, with my father and my brothers uh but i don't remember too much about that experience of it but i mean i still know i love this film still such a fun movie cinematically it's one of the most beautiful films ever i mean i, I mean any deacon's movie is gonna is gonna be one of the most beautiful um, yeah i mean it really is like there's a lot of scenes where you can just pause it and just like this is this is like an ansel adams picture or something you know that's not black and white um but uh, yeah, go ahead and summarize it for us. So this film kind of continues the the Daniel Craig like drama of him trying to get over Vesper, but it starts with him trying to recover a drive, if I'm not mistaken, of like MI6 agents and their identities and all this that has been stolen. He gets shot. Uh, falls off a big bridge, goes into a little bit of a, a montage, yep. really good montage. I, I by think I think the the transition from uh, opening sequence to title sequence is a lot better here than it was in in maybe any of the other ones. It goes it goes splash, yeah. boom, 
and then picks up. Yeah. And it, and it's just what he's imagining in his mind is just <laughs> as he's floating down. But yeah. Um so he retires a little bit, comes back uh as as things get worse for MI6 because that information got out and there's a bad guy that's using it to kind of get back at M because he was an old agent in the 80s or 90s in China, I think. And I think something went wrong. Uh, he got abandoned and then took some cyanide. It didn't kill him. And he's had it out for M ever since. And it's kind of a revenge story of him versus that. And Bond yeah. is so trying right to recover So right away, you've already info. established a villain who's got a much clearer and more compelling backstory than... And Rami Malek in, well, I know exactly what Rami Malek was going for. I mean, he he was trying to kill the the assassin that killed his family. That killed his family. I and his sh- vendetta against Spectre is because the leader of Spectre was the one who ordered the hit. Yeah, I just. But I mean, the other one is just more interesting to me because it's it's more the Rami Malek. That's just very convoluted because it's like he's he's he. He's against the bad guys, he, but he's his own bad guy. Whereas with Javier Bardem, it's specifically got a vendetta against the good guys. It just makes for a clear, yeah. I think. No, you're right. It's it's a much easier to follow, and and yeah. And in terms of a Bond villain, I feel like easier to follow and just clear and and more obvious vendetta is 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 the way to go. Yeah. Because when you make it like that, it's just like I don't know if that if that works as cleanly as it needs to, but yeah. So it goes on, and and it's I think the first of the Daniel Craig ones to feature the DB Five. It goes into James Bond's background a little bit, or at least this iterations of James Bond's background in like the Scottish Highlands, which is really cool. And you go see his house and his family's graves and all that, and his like his version of Alfred if he was Batman and like that sort of thing, and just all all of that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it came out in 2012. I feel like we can kind of do a little bit of spoilers, and obviously, yeah. Dame Judi Dench dies m dies in this as the final like thing that this bad guy does and yeah again consequences yeah like but uh yeah i mean i just kind of wanted to quickly summarize it i still think this is probably my yeah my my second favorite of all of the daniel craig ones um this is by far my favorite it's Um, very good i think this one is um Obviously, the the best photograph of of the five um, might be best of all time for James Bond. Yeah, um, and it's the story that I find the most compelling as well. Um, I feel like there's there's a lot of stuff in here about like the past coming back to haunt you, and so like when when Deacons uses a whole bunch of shadows and like silhouettes and stuff, it's like dang, like that's what you want out of that. That's the magic that I was talking about. That's like kind of missing from from No Time to Die in the sense that there's like like camera work. It being evoc- evocative and perfectly mirroring uh, or complementing story. Like that kind of stuff is here in Skyfall, um, which I hadn't experienced with Bond before. And then we already talked about Bond falling into the water and being like this resurrection in, uh, imagery, uh, which again is just very uh, elemental um, and stuff that I love to see. Um, or and we talked about ice in the in the pre, yeah. in the No Time to Die film. Which James Bond comes, has a lot of scenes where somebody's under ice and getting shot at from above. Right. I, what is with which that? comes in again here? It's um, a lot of that. So, but like, but the way that the ice plays out in Skyfall is he's kind of running over the ice at his home, which is from his past childhood. So again, like the idea of silhouettes and the past shadows. But then his house is on fire. So you've got the two elements, uh, fire and ice, being immediately contrasted with each other right there. It's but a then song the, of fire and ice. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but then the fire coming from the house silhouettes him onto the ice. The lighting is so the like, lighting again, is gorgeous all, in that yeah, whole lighting, scene. Well, yeah, and lighting is like just all of that stuff. And I, you think of 1917. I think, or I mean, when I saw 1917, I thought of that scene because um, it's like it's 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 again Deacons, but they're they're night scenes where this massive source of of light is coming and and that because that night and there's such a ma- the light it's like creates these very harsh shadows um yeah that harsh and long um yeah because of the low angle right and so and and that's just a very I, I just that stuff is just you know it's just sumptuous i always thought that they kind of put in uh madeline's background her being under the ice what's interesting is the the difference between the bond version of that and her version she's getting saved by the guy shooting yeah, around her right, and the other right. guy's trying to kill bond by shooting into the ice and it just happens to create kind of a hole for him to go right. out of but it is it is interesting the difference of between the two um and the similarity as well and just kind of makes it so that they're meant to be kind of pair with that but yeah. uh and also how they connect to Blofeld and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, do we want to get into stores here? Sure. All right. First category. First impression. I loved Skyfall when it came out. I thought it was fantastic. I This was the first James Bond film I had seen in theaters ever because obviously I was like 13 when this came out. And before this, what it was uh, Quantum of Solace came out in like 2009, maybe somewhere right around there. So I was too young for it. Yeah. The first of one that I saw in theaters was Spectre. Um, I did not see this one in theaters. I probably mm. saw it a couple of years later. But but I remember thinking, wow, this is such a good movie. And I I was blown away by it. I still love this movie and will watch it anytime it's on. Uh, I give it probably a nine. Um, I, this is an eight for me. Um, again, I, I really don't know how to like justify scores. But it's like in that level where it's where it's just like a great movie, but it's not particularly special to me in any way. Um, other than, other than being a great movie and having just like a great enjoyable time. Now, if Paddington was in it, then it'd be a ten. <laughs> Paddington, well, Paddington, Paddington, the first Paddington is a good, is again is in that like good to great level. It's again the first Paddington isn't actually like whatever special to me. The second Paddington, on the other, but the hand. sequel is where it just is amazing. It's it's true. <laughs> It's, it's true. It's the Empire Strikes Back of the Paddington saga. Except if Empire Strikes Back was even happier than Star Wars. <laughs> it's like it's like first Paddington's happy. It's like Paddington oh Two God. is like it's like <laughs> triples the heart. All right, so you give it an eight. All right, next category. Uh, story. Story is really cool. His heart grew three sizes. He's yeah. <laughs> story is really cool uh, for for Skyfall. I. Enjoyed it a lot. I liked seeing the background of James Bond, which is something that the other ones didn't really ever try to do. Um, yeah, but it doesn't do it in like a Batman Begins type of way, where it's yeah. like they're actually. I mean, they I don't show movies, anything. This movie they does just, feel very similar to Batman Begins. Again, you got the ice stuff. <laughs> no, but um, cinematography and his, wise, and his childhood and like you the mansion being his whole thing. Um, but here, I think the the backstory for Bond here is handled as well, if not better, than in Batman Begins, because here it's like you don't. It doesn't rely on on flashbacks. Um, and the way the Batman begins does, you get a lot of it's a lot of the backstories implied 
um, which I which I just think is is a great way to tell Bond's story because if you it, with Bond specifically, if you did flashbacks and like went back and just showed how he grew up and stuff, I feel like that would take a lot of the the mysticism away from Bond. Yes, and his like his mysterious nature, it would destroy it. Absolutely. Um, whereas with Batman, he can be we've his we, his backstory is very known, and where he's a, he is kind of mysterious, but he, he, all a lot of that the mystery of how, how he, he became to be he was. It's all it's a part of his character from the beginning of when it was created. Yep. I mean, I don't know when the story of his parents getting killed actually was part of the comics. But I don't know either if that was, I don't think that was in the first one. I don't one. think it was either, but, but I, I kind of want to look it was that introduced, up. It was introduced early, early in the mythos as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, it probably didn't take many, I mean, it only took like 108, uh, 160 issues before we saw Joker's origins, let alone, I mean, I'm sure Batman got his earlier than that. Yeah. So, so score for story. 10. I'm going to go eight here as well. Next category is acting. This is, again, like, just great acting all around. Dana Craig's awesome in it. Uh, Dame Judi Dench is great. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the bad guy, but I still don't think he did anything wrong or bad or anything. I And with introducing Q, he did great, and their kind of rapport between him and Bond. And this, the, is, this, is, this is Q's first movie. Yes. Yeah. That v- version of Q's. This, this, yeah, yeah, right. And so their rapport that they have uh, in the this art gallery, yeah, in the art gallery is great. So I, I would give it a nine. Um, I don't know. I th- there's nothing particularly better about this one than there is in No Time to Die. I mean, I do like uh, the Judy Dench's M better, and I do like Javier Bardem's villain better. Um, but I feel like the the love interest is, or the Bond girl here is is more or less forgettable. I mean, and she kind of is meant to be. She gets killed pretty early on, um, from what I remember. Right, it's like halfway through when when Javier Bardem shoots her. Yeah, but I think she was only introduced at the Shanghai thing, and I think it went right from that to that. So island. like the the Bond so girl she is wasn't not in a huge part long. of this, anyways. And but um, James Bond's line there, I still remember that. It's like when he shoots her, he's like, "What do you what do you think of that?" He's like, "Wasted good scotch," and then boom, action. Oh scene. yeah, no, no, no like, yeah, that's a great transition <laughs> for sure. Um, like, no weight, no weight to that Bond girl at all. <laughs> I mean, emotional. Right, but but like, his, his, again, that's, it shows his callous nature in a lot of ways. And how he's kind how of given up on char- love at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I, I don't think this is quite to eight level. I'll say seven. Okay. Uh, look and feel. 10 out of 10. For sure. I mean, like I said, I think this one's. Super, super good. I also think Quantum of Solace has really good cinematography. I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen it in forever. The, yeah, the location shooting is really cool, and just their their use of like cool angles is awesome. I mean, it just Quantum. Well, in terms of locations, I think No Time to Die might have more than that. More is not always necessarily better, but it, I feel like it has more than than Skyfall did. I feel like Skyfall is very uh, city centric. Um, for whereas the, for the most part, whereas No Time to Die kind of has more exotic locations. Um, they always have exotic locations, though. I mean, I just like oh, I No Time to Die. they had that one scene in, in Shanghai. That's what I'm Sh- saying. Shanghai, Shanghai right? Yeah. And this one has London and and Cuba, and or No Time to Die is London. Yeah, I was going to London and Cuba, Cuba, yeah, and that island between Russia and Japan, and uh, so you know, sure. I mean, this it's, one, it's, that it's one an has arbitrary an point, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 10 out of 10 for look and feel for me, for sure. Again, amazing music, amazing cinematography. Nothing wrong with that. 
everything was just yeah. superb. I'll second all of that. Um, I, I think of especially that opening scene where they've got the the shadows coming down in that hallway, but there's like that one streak of light and James Bond walks up out of focus, comes in, and then it's just his eyes that come right into that one patch of, of light. And I was like, that's that's right at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, okay, yes, I am in. Like that's the moment where the movie like just is just like, okay, I, I'm, I'm down for this no matter what. Yep. Um, and I think that might be my favorite composition of this whole film. Like it's just great. Also, I really wish, I, I forgot to say this. I wish they had used Money Penny more in No Time to Die. Because I feel like if you wanted a new, like a really strong female character that's been established to take up the mantle of a, well, of a new double O, I think she should have been it. Not, she, I don't think she doesn't even have to be the double O. I think she could have fulfilled the same like story position that I mean, she couldn't have been in out in the Skyfall, field. Skyfall, she was she out in the field. the field. Well, I suppose you're right. So she She's could the have one done that. Shot that. Him, yeah. yeah. So, so she could. Just why fo- didn't they just make they her? They could just meld those into one character that with a. Yeah. Pre- I I think you might be right there because like because she can do all. She can challenge she Bond can be a field all the agent. exact yeah. same ways, and they already have a pre-established relationship that you wouldn't have to work towards to make yep. believable. Yeah, I think yep. that's not a terrible idea. Um, this is why I do that. <laughs> this is well, why yeah. I break down the right. Um, like next category. Experience. Skyfall, I remember I was just super hyped and and I was like, wow, that was awesome. And I was I was I wished I had seen the other James Bond movies in theaters after watching Skyfall. And since then I have never missed a James Bond movie in theaters. And I hopefully, if I like the James Bond actor, I will continue that streak. So probably a nine. I, I don't think I was like, this is one of my favorite films of all time coming out of it, but I loved the movie a lot and I was definitely when I after I saw it, I was like, "This is probably my favorite James Bond film." You said at, nine at that time. Uh, yeah, nine for that. Um, I'll say eight. This is again. It's just a. It's a great start to finish thing. I don't. I don't think. Again, I in, my, in when, uh, I compared it to Mission Impossible in terms of in terms of greatest action films of the 2010s. I compared it to Mission Impossible Fallout and Fury Road, and like mm. those two are like the top tier in terms of both experience and just filmmaking craft. Of the 2010s. Yeah, 2010s. What about Baby Driver? Hey, I, it's not on that level of, of Fury Road. Okay. Um, I but I, I I have a much better time with Baby Driver than I do with Skyfall. Sky mm-hmm. like Baby Driver is not as good as Fury Road, but I I mean I haven't seen it in a while, but I watched it like ten times when it came out. That is like a, it was it was just me and my high school friends like favorite movie. Like we just watched it all the time because it was just so much fun. Yeah. Um, but I in terms of this one, it's it's a great movie. I have a good time watching it, but again, it's not on that level. Uh, I'll say eight for experience. So, okay. which brings our final score to an 87 out of 100. Nice. Uh, which puts it at like the same that. score as the Prestige and Ford versus Ferrari. All right. And I, I think it definitely is standing good company there. So, uh, this has been Script to Screen here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week. Same time, same place here on 90.3.